Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Making Monsters with Taylor Dahl. It's like beer and brats. A perfect combination. You know the deal. All right, welcome back to another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, and we are still riding high from a Thursday night victory, 40-20 over the Washington Commanders. Recently, in the most uh, most recent Making Monsters, we talked about another defensive back in Terrell Smith. Well, tonight, we're here to carry that on because uh, coming in strong off the bench, we had another player who really stepped up this game, and I wanted to give him a shout-out, and that's why this episode, now this week, is going to be on Greg Stroman Jr., who a lot of people may not even know a whole lot about. So that's why we are doing this episode this week. Stroman got added into the practice squad this offseason after playing a couple games late in the season last year. And uh, because Kyler Gordon and Jalen Johnson have been injured, he got called up, made some incredible plays, and we are here to talk to his high school coach, former Stonewall Jackson head coach. Uh, Thank you so much for hopping on with me. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. I'm excited for Greg and all, all the time and hard work he's been putting in over the years. It's great to see him uh, paying off for him. Yeah, we are. I'm super excited to talk about him. I, I honestly, like I said, not didn't know a whole lot. And when I started kind of looking around, Coach, just to do some research to find a little bit more about Greg, the one thing I kept seeing – around his name was the word athlete. And you see that sometimes when, you know, a lot of times, honestly, in baseball, you'll see that if they're just like kind of a position player or just a guy who kind of can play everywhere. But when you go back to his high school days, he was playing running back. He was throwing the ball. He playing quarterback. He was punt returning. He was also listed as the number uh, 61st cornerback in Virginia on the class and, and, via scout that season. So he was all over the field playing both sides of the ball. And you see guys playing both sides of the ball in high school, but this is a lot of positions for one guy. So coach, tell us a little bit about that and the start of Greg on the football field that from what you've seen. Well, his nickname in high school was magic okay. and uh, pretty much everything he touched uh, at the high school level turned to magic. Um, you know, he was only 150 pounds when he graduated from high school. So his freshman year, Talent-wise, he was probably good enough to play on Friday nights with us, but he weighed about 115 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was just just tiny. And then he hit his growth spurt. Um, you know, we do a pre-practice every day where the kickers, punters, snappers, everybody spends about 10 minutes, you know, doing their individual work. And the thing that used to stick out as me is Greg was our punter too. Mm-hmm. So he would he would punt, and then the other punter would punt it back, and he'd work on receiving. He would turn around and snap the ball to another punter, uh, he was our holder. Uh, basically, he he played both ways. Uh, I didn't let him return um, kickoff kicks, but he returned punts. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a dual threat quarterback. I know they listed him as athlete, but mm-hmm. the body weight was the only thing that really slowed his recruiting down. I mean, he was a legit 
four three guy in high school, which if you have one or two of those, you you win a lot of games. And uh, just just an electric kid on and off the field. I mean, hearing all of that, it's absolutely incredible. And we see you see players, and as I mentioned, we know in high school sometimes you'll see a guy that'll play wide receiver and defensive back. But as you're saying, I mean, was there anything he couldn't do on the football field, even to, even despite his size? Well, I tell people all the time, if I had 11 Greg Strowmans, I never would have lost the game. <laughs> you know, I like he's that. Just, he's, he's a career kid for me. I've, I've had, you know, close to 50 kids go play Division One, and, uh, you know, there's a few of them in the pros right now with Greg, but uh, just how how tough he was and how he just, at 150 pounds, carried the entire team all season long. Uh he once had a 300-yard passing and 300-yard rushing game oh in the God. same night. Um, you know, we just we would run zone read. He'd make the wrong read, and it wouldn't matter. He'd mm-hmm. just wiggle free and take off down the field. He was the fastest kid on the field. But, you know, what what was even more special about him was how he just just transformed that culture of that team and that program because we, we took over a losing program, and then Greg came along, and, you know, we won a bunch of games over a three-year period when he was playing uh, for us. And just what he did in the in the building, in the community, he just he was just a leader even at 15, 16 years old. And, uh, you know, what he did with the ball in his hands, again, is bar none the, the most exciting, you know, high school kid I've had play for me. I love hearing that. And I, I will get to that culture side a little bit more because it is really important. And the reason I do Making Monsters or a large part of why I do it is because I do like to learn – about these guys beyond the X's and O's. So I do want to talk about that a little bit. But you, when we're talking about somebody who does play so many positions on the football field, and you mentioned the weight being um, part of the issue to why maybe there wasn't him, he wasn't playing some of the other positions. I'm sure he threw into the weight room hard when he got in when he got to Virginia Tech. But for for a player like that, what really leads him on the path, and for Greg Greg Stroman particularly, of what he decided he wanted to do once he got to college. Was there a position he loved more or was he just there to play ball? Uh, he loved having the ball in his hands. And we were, we were a boring wing team that just tried to eat the clock and, and move bodies and, you know, win games 13 to 12. And I had a meeting with him and dad in the off season leading up to his junior year. And they were like, you know, let, let's open this thing up. And every dad always tells me all the greatest ideas in the world, but uh, Greg's dad and the three of us sat down and we decided to make, you know, a drastic change. And this, this was in the era when Marcus Mariota was at Oregon with, mm-hmm. with all, with all they were doing with the, with the spread and the zone read and stuff. And from the very first time, you know, in a practice or in scrimmages, we ran a zone read and Greg just down the field, 80 yards untouched. I was like, <laughs> yeah, this, this might be the way to go. And the kid took so many hits and he just, uh, he would just will himself, you know, you know, what's that baseball guy that Kirk Gibson that limped around the bases, mm-hmm. you know, after he hit that home run in the yeah. world series. I mean, you know, Greg was just, he was always beat up cause he was getting hit every play. And there were a few games his senior year where he had to sit out cause of a hip injury. And, you know, we went from 40 points a game to like winning 11 to nine and went back to just barely, you know, pushing, pushing points across the line. But, uh, you know, he receiver, running back, quarterback, corner. Uh, I, I even in his youth days, he played AAU when everybody was the same weight. And he's like, I played guard. I'm like, you played guard. And he's like nine <laughs> years old. He's like, he's like, there was better kids on the team. And that's where I had to play. And oh. I just, uh, so he's, he's kind of done it all. 
that's so, it's so interesting to hear that. And I, I love it, honestly, because it shows just how much he loves the sport. And you have guys that say they love the sport, but for someone like that, clearly – he would just do what he has to do to be able to be on the football field. And even most recently with the Bears, I was reading something where he was saying he was kind of trying to see maybe a different path outside the NFL, looking at possible XFL and other situations when he got the phone call from the Bears that he was getting added back onto the practice squad. And and then he has a game like he just did in Washington, which was absolutely incredible. I don't know if you were watching, Coach, but he had – uh, he played almost 70% of the snaps in this uh, in this game. Like I said, both starting cornerbacks were out for us, in addition to the backup, so that's why he got called up. But he recorded an interception, a pass defended, one sack, seven tackles, one for loss in, the, in this victory over Washington. And it's so much fun to watch guys like this, and you could just tell he was enjoying the game. He was having fun out there, and it just adds an extra element when you're watching guys like that do it, uh, play that way. And so you mentioned a little bit the culture and what he brought to the team in that aspect and you can already tell just within these couple games that he's been filling in that he does have that. And this is a very young defensive back group. And he, he's bounced around a little bit since Washington, but you can definitely get that get that sense from him. And one of the first things you said to me when I reached out asking if you'd do this podcast is that he was one of your favorite players that has ever played for you. So you mentioned a little bit of it, but how is he uh, when he when it comes to leadership, when it comes to how he is in the locker room, all of those things, it, it must be a, a joy to be around him because he it sounds like he kind of has that impact on the teammates. Well, he would help me during the school day keep tabs on guys because, again, <laughs> we, we took over a program that was just kind of undisciplined and kind of just running all over the place and you know, in order to win, we had to, you know, get guys to toe the line and, and to buy in and to, you know, to not necessarily a culture thing, but the behaviors that lead to the culture. And Greg was mm-hmm. just raised right and great family. Uh, we, we had a playoff game. Uh, his, I'm not sure if it was his junior or senior year, but we just played really poor in the first half. We're down 28 to seven at the half and, you know, seasons in the balance and I'm getting ready to come in the locker room and probably scream at the boys and just try to get them fired up. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, here's a 17 year old kid. He looks at me, he goes, coach, I got this. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, I got it. And he went on to just talk to his friends, his brothers, his teammates. We came out in the second half, scored 50 points. And yeah, a lot of it had to do with, we just started playing better, but mm-hmm. this is a kid since I've known him, he's just been a leader. He yeah. just leads. And, you know, here he was, as a freshman, you know, five foot, nothing, five, six, 115 pounds. And he's, you know, flapping gums at the older kids. And just, he's just, he's just a guy that when he comes in, the, the temperature of the room changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he just that he was that dude for us all four years in high school. And I definitely was watching uh Sunday. Anytime he, he and uh, one of his high school teammates was Tim settle. Who mm-hmm. they, they played in, in Washington together Anytime either of them are on, I'm, I'm glued to the TV, just following them and, and kind of rooting them on. And Greg just, uh, you know, if I had an issue with a player, I needed to know something, Greg would get them right. And, <laughs> um, you know, he's just that guy. Uh, I love that. There's um, There's been a history recently of the of Chicago Bears. Obviously, when when there's a lot of losing involved, the it seems like things maybe go downhill when it comes to culture. And it's really the GM now, Ryan Poles, is trying to clean that up. And that's why I think he keeps guys like Stroman around. And you could see that we talked about his speed a little bit, just watching and you watching the game, how quickly he got to Sam Howell on that sack before I could even blink my eyes. I was like, holy moly, he just got there so quickly. And it's so fun to watch that. When, 
let's go a little bit to the recruiting process because that's a big deal for these guys when you're in high school and especially someone like this who is not only deciding the school that they are going to continue on their football career, but also kind of that is going to lead his path of what position he's going to play and then maybe right. what happens beyond that. So what was that process like for him? I know he had several offers from um, schools like Virginia, Duke, Wisconsin, Old Dominion, Old Dominion ended up at Virginia Tech. But what was the position they were mainly recruiting him for and what were kind of his choices that led him over to VT? Well, uh, Duke was the only one that recruited him as a quarterback. And okay. I think that they were, I think that was just uh, a sleight of hand. They they obviously were going to want to use him as a kick returner and a DB the same way Tech did. But they, that was their angle. They thought if we tell, you know, if we tell him he can play quarterback, he'll come. But at the end of the day, we, we had a little bit of a, a history at Stonewall of a couple kids uh, going to Virginia Tech. Um, Ryan Williams went before Greg and then, Greg and Tim went together and Reggie Floyd went after. There was just a string of kids that all played on the same team that ended up at Virginia Tech. Um, I think the end of the day, I think Coach uh, Torian Gray was there. I think that had a lot to do with it. He's he's bounced around from a couple of pro and college teams. I want to say he even coached Greg in Washington for a year. Um, but I, I would say Virginia Tech edged out UVA just based on the position coach and I think the current vibe, uh, Virginia Tech was winning at the time, and Virginia may, might not have been as successful at the time. But um, I thought Tech used him you know, perfectly. Yeah. I mean, he's an elite punt returner, um, you know, and obviously a, a good cover corner. And it, it, I still love watching him just fly around the field, and he's just fearless. He doesn't care who it is. He's going to throw his whole body and everything he has with it right into it. Um, if he could uh, – if he can maintain staying healthy, I still think he has a, a, a big career in front of him. Um, I think he's 26 or 27 now. Um, I know the window on those guys, you know, doesn't last that long, but he, he doesn't have a whole lot of miles on the tires if you if you look at it that way. Yeah, and that's one of the things I, I was reading was the injuries kind of interfered with a lot of the time that he had, especially in the start of his career in the, in the pros. But so far from what I've read, this is the healthiest that – He's been healthy as he's felt since he's been in the NFL, so perfect timing for us to have him in Chicago. Does it surprise you at all that the defensive back position is where he's kind of sticking now once in the NFL? No, you know, you look at his length out there, and I always like to look at the other DBs, and I think six foot is a compliment when, when you're talking about his height, but mm -hmm. he's still long from the elbow to the hand. He's long from the knee to the foot. You know, he just he has certain features that – you know, at the speed he can carry that really suit him to be able to match up against that six, two to six, four receiver and also come up and tackle a guy on the perimeter. Cause he, you know, he has great technique and he's fearless, but um, I don't think he'd be quite big enough to be the safety that mm -hmm. the NFL calls for. But um, yeah, I think, I think he's been a corner since he was a little kid, even though some AAU coach put him at guard. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, one final one for you, Coach, before I let you go. Have you talked to Stroman since? I know now it's been uh, a few years since he got drafted by Washington, but he was drafted in the seventh round. Did you talk to him around that time uh, when he went through that draft process? I did, yeah. he. Um, we were in heavy contact right early in his career. Uh, kind of cooled off a little bit, but uh, – I think I think in the last six months we've we've texted back and forth and I just you know good luck stay healthy you know have fun I always got to tell him to have fun because he's so serious and mm -hmm. so 
he's so driven to get the job done. Have fun, Greg. It's fun. It's fun. And <laughs> but you know, you, you're not gonna. I don't know if you've ever had the chance to meet him or talk with him, but he just lights up the room. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's that guy that you know. Uh, again, I've I've coached tens of thousands in 27 years, and uh, he's 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 the top guy. And 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 I'm I, I hate saying that with some of the great ones I've had, but uh, he just you know he, he's the guy you have to root for, and I'm I'm really excited that it's working out for him right now in Chicago. We definitely are too, and I know the the end of the season last year he stepped in, and we were seeing flashes. So a lot of a lot of Bears fans and Bears media were kind of interested to see what he could do this season. So it's been fun to see the splashes. Unfortunately, you don't want it to be because the, your starting corners are out, but it's always fun to see that you have the depth that you can count on. And honestly, like you said, I hope that with health. Um, him staying healthy, he has a spot in the NFL now because it was just so much fun watching him, and he was all over the fields. Like you said, he was just flying. And when you see a guy like that who is out there just doing the, the job, and I know some you, you mentioned the have fun. I have to remind myself sometimes when I'm watching the games, like this is supposed to be a good time. <laughs> like, Can we just yeah. have a little fun watching these football games? But, um, again, I, I really appreciate you hopping on with me. Uh, we're super excited about Greg, and uh, good luck to you uh, in the rest of your football season also. I appreciate you, and uh, thanks for thanks for the opportunity to talk about Greg. No problem. Have a good night, Coach. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Now we are continuing on with our Greg Stroman Jr. episode. Uh, we learned a ton from his high school coach. Now we'll get a little bit of a look into his college career, which is just as interesting to me. And I am joined by Mike Burnup. He is the Virginia Tech's network an- analyst, uh, former tight end for the Hokies, also. So, Mike, thanks so much for hopping on with me. Oh, it's good to be with you, Taylor. Appreciate it. Yep, I appreciate you. Before we hopped on, we were talking about our weather that we are enjoying. And I'm in Florida, obviously, uh, Virginia for you. So we're getting to that point where we have a little bit of fall coming. I know Chicago's a little different. They're, they're probably um, starting to brace themselves for some cold weather within the next month, but we don't quite get that. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and hop really into not. this. I, I'm super excited for Greg Stroman. He has kind of hopped on to the last couple of weeks. His snap count for the Bears has increased a ton. There's been a ton of injuries on the secondary, which obviously you don't hope for that. But you do like to see when some of these younger guys come in and are really able to uh, start to make a name for themselves if you don't know a whole lot about them. And that's why we're here today is to talk about Greg. Uh, One of the things I learned, Mike, about him from talking to his high school coach is his versatility. And from what I what I've been able to read and understand on him, that kind of that carried on into college at Virginia Tech. Uh, Stroman's freshman season, for example, he was mainly used in special teams, a return specialist type of guy and saw most of his action as a starting punt returner for VT, but tell us a little bit about that first season and how important he was for that return team during that time. Yeah, he really was, uh, Taylor, and you know, you mentioned talking to his high school coach. He had an unbelievable high school career uh, with what he was able to do as a running and passing and as a defensive back and all of he it. kind of transitioned <laughs> here. I know he was a uh, big-time prize recruit for Virginia Tech. They were happy to get him. And, you know, he kind of burst onto the scene, and obviously his ability to return punts was one thing that stood out early on in his career. Uh, not only that, but he could play, you know, obviously, defensive back, and they even used him some on offense, okay. you know, a couple of times, obviously, in his freshman, sophomore years and moving forward. But, uh, yeah, he wasn't the biggest guy in the world, but had a huge heart. And, um, gosh, he just had a knack for 
that punt returner, man, that's not easy. When no. you're looking up in the sky and you get them dudes coming after you, yeah. that's uh, that gets a little eerie. Yes. And uh, he just kind of excelled at that. And uh, it was great to see him as his career moved on. He was just so much more confident. And you had that 91-yard uh, punt return against, uh, I guess, uh, North Carolina when he was a senior. And, you know, even as a freshman, he had a couple punt returns up at Ohio State when the Hokies upset Ohio State that, that year. He had a couple punt returns there for – 35 yards or so, I think. So, yeah. yeah, really good player, great family. And those are the things, obviously, we love to hear. The When you when you hear about these guys originally, you kind of, especially someone like Greg, which you just mentioned, played so many positions in high school, you don't really know which route they were going to go once they get into college. And from what I've heard, you mentioned it, just the, the personality-wise of how great his personality was and always smiling. That's the same thing his high school coach said was he was kind of that guy. But he also said once he, you know, when he was on the football field, he was very focused and very uh, adamant on being the best player he could possibly be at whatever he was doing. So one of the things that he talked about and I've read about a lot, Mike, is the his athleticism. And we mentioned his versatility. But those really started to shine his sophomore season at Virginia Tech. He played in 13 games. Uh, he made six starts that year. 27 punt returns, but also tallied 24 tackles, um, a half a tackle for loss, two interceptions, plus he had seven carries for 12 yards. So as you mentioned, kind of being able to use, being used in multiple ways in Virginia Tech too. But what happened that year to led, uh, that led him to being able to have a little more focus on the defense? Do you know if Virginia, did Virginia Tech lose some guys or did he just kind of earn a starting role in that? Well, I think he just kind of continued to progress and excel. You know, he was, he was such a great athlete, and he ran track in high school, and, you know, he had the speed and had all the tools. He wasn't the biggest guy in the world, but, you know, he always was clamoring to get some carries on offense because he remembered his high school days, and they finally gave him a chance to run the ball a little bit, make a few catches and whatnot. So, yeah, he showed his versatility for sure, and just a pleasure to be around and uh, just continued to get better and better and, uh, through his career and more and more confident. And, uh, yeah, he is. He was right when he talked about, boy, when the, the game came on, the lights came on, man, you flipped the switch, different <laughs> dude out there. <laughs> and we've seen that. We've seen that the last couple of weeks. He's, I mean, he's just been so much fun to watch, especially this last week against uh, Washington, which the Bears broke. They had lost 14 games straight. This was a game yeah. that had kind of been, it, it was needed. It was needed for the locker room. It was a needed for a lot of these guys. But it was. it's kind of fun to have someone like Greg Stroman, who, you, who was all over the field, first of all. There was, there was a moment where I was like, how did he get to the quarterback so quickly on that play? Because he had a sack in this game, and before we could even blink our eyes, he was sacking the quarterback. And that just shows how quick he is, which you mentioned the track part of that. And I'm guessing that's a, that's a large part uh, in his speed. But the, the following year, I kind of mentioned his sophomore year, the following year after that, he was ACC player of the week as a defensive back. So this is when you kind of started seeing him really shine in that position. And obviously, this is what he ended up getting drafted by um, as, as that defensive back, the corner position. Were you surprised by that at all, that that's kind of the route that he went into the NFL as? No, not really. I mean, uh, you got to be versatile to get into the league, obviously. Mm -hmm. I've been there and done that. And, uh, you know, having obviously special teams and being a punt returner certainly helps. But in that league, you know, being a defensive back are so rare to have good ones. Uh, guys that can, you know, use their hands, move their hips and track people down, have great speed and have the knack for knowing when, you know, when the ball is getting delivered and all those sorts of things. He just kind of had that. And you could just kind of see it as he moved along. 
And, you know, Virginia Tech's got this reputation of DBU, Defense Back University, mm-hmm. and they've had so many guys go to the NFL and into the league. And so I think that was a big part of why he came and what he wanted to do and how much he got better as he went. And so just uh, just a great kid and happy for all the success he's having. And, you know, it's good to see him have some success against Washington last week. Yeah, obviously, we, we, we feel the same way. And when he was, some of the issues since he's been in the NFL have, and I think it was even a little bit at Virginia Tech, too, some of the injury issues um, that he yeah. battled through. So just from that, obviously, coming from a guy who not only has, is playing a lot of positions and really trying to find his way in college football and see what his next steps are, he was also battling through some injuries that maybe has set some other guys back. But it seems like this that didn't hold Greg Stroman at a, at, back at all. Is that something that you noticed from him? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, guys, and, and part of the reason he was getting maybe a little more playing time was guys were getting banged up, you know, mm-hmm. and he was able to step right in there, but he could play multiple positions and he was good at them. And so, yeah, that certainly helped matters, <clears throat> keeping him healthy and uh, just, you know, he had that desire to win and <clears throat> at no cost, so at all costs. So just a tremendous player and great, uh, great attitude all the time on and off the field. We love that, uh, Mike. Love the things that, and that's what Making Monsters is all about. When I started this podcast, I I really wanted to get outside the X's and O's, kind of get to know these guys beyond the football field, because we get so wrapped up in the football world that sometimes we forget they're human beings, and a lot of these guys are really great human beings. So I love to learn that side of them. Um, a couple other names before I let you go, because there's two names that are also on the Chicago Bears, former Hokies that uh, Bears fans absolutely love, Tremaine Edmonds and Khalil Herbert. Uh, what are your thoughts when you hear those two names? You know, Khalil, the the good thing about him was was the transfer portal. Boy, did oh, yeah. he ever need a running back. And when he was able to come in and make an impact, get over 1,000 yards rushing, that was so cool. And he was a kick returner too, you mm-hmm. know, kickoff returner. He did excel in that regard as well. You know, wasn't the most vocal guy, but, man, did he let his play do the talking. Love Khalil. Glad for his success and uh, what he's having up there. Just uh, what an awesome kid. And only here for a year. Mm-hmm. You know, you hate to see that, but uh, that, that transfer portal and Khalil certainly helped the Hokies that year, no doubt about it. And, you know, the Edmonds brother, they come from that long family, right, four of them. They're all great kids, great athletes. And Tremaine is just uh, an incredible person. Uh, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's massive. (laughs) Sideline to sideline. I mean, he is fierce. Wouldn't want to be running in the middle as a tight end and coming across that dude. Mm -mm. Uh, But but, uh, that family's just the greatest of all. He comes back all the time, spring games. Uh, Always has a big old party where the family kind of treats all the ex-peers. And um, he's just a great kid, you know, his father. Tremendous guy, too, so. I'm happy for those guys. And I guess Jeff King is probably still there as one of the front office people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Jeff played. He was a tight end here back in the day as well. Okay. So, so a lot of, we have yeah, a lot of Hokies great. over here in Chicago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. They're actually, it's funny uh, because, so as I mentioned, I live down here in Jacksonville, and they recently, within the last year, 
I met a small group of people one night when I was out watching football games. They were Virginia Tech fans, so we kind of all got into a conversation about how, you know, how they ended up in Jacksonville and that whole thing. And the amount of Virginia Tech fans that I've now run into, I don't know if it's one of the things where once it's like you meet one, you start meeting all of them or you're seeing them everywhere, but I've met so many Virginia Tech fans this last five, six months, and I'm like, where are all you guys coming from? But I guess it's a, it's a straight, a, a pretty much a straight shot down the coast, so it's not too far um, and the military, I think, also is a big factor in that. But, uh, Mike, thanks so much for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it. I'm super excited for Greg Stroman just to watch him, you know, keep progressing. Hopefully he really does. He's able to kind of solidify a role on the on this team. And then Tremaine Edmonds, big offseason move for the Bears. Everyone was super excited about that. And Khalil Herbert, we love. Unfortunately, he got banged up during Washington. But uh, he battles also. He He's battled back many times. So we're excited to have him back soon. And uh, we love the Hokies over here, obviously. And I, I really appreciate you yeah. hopping on with me. Yeah, glad to be with you, Taylor. Congrats on all your success. And, you know, real quick, I'll just tell you that, you know, as many times as Okies kind of came down and played in Jacksonville at the Gator Bowl, mm-hmm. that could be part of the reason why there are so many fans down there. Yeah. And, you know, here this year, like we started out one and three, and every game was sold out. So the Hokie Nation is everywhere. Uh, they love their players, their ex-players, and uh, it's kind of a cult. But, uh, <laughs> so I'm glad you're get. I'm glad you're getting to run into some of those people and I'll even give you this one way, way, way back in the day before you were born. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a World Football League team, team there named the Jacksonville Sharks mm-hmm. that uh, drew really, really well. Great team. I was on that team. What oh. a fun time that was. I love Jacksonville. What a great city. Well, yeah, we actually, the Jacksonville Sharks are still around. They are uh, an arena football league now is what they are. But yeah. they actually just won the I want to say they were in the championship game or won the championship game. I'm trying to remember which one. But Jacksonville fans, obviously, they love the Jaguars, but they love sports in general. So Jacksonville Suns, now shrimp, huge Jacksonville Sharks. We also have an ECHL team down here now with the Jacksonville Icemen and all of the highest attendance in almost all these leagues because they're definitely they love their they love their sports down here. That's one thing. No doubt about it. We love coming down there. Hopefully we'll get back to the Gator Bowl here one day soon. Yep. Well, I know they would love to have you because it's one thing we definitely talk about weekly on here. Pretty much right away when the season starts, we start talking about who possibly could be in the Gator Bowl because it's a, it's a fun event for us. And I know teams love to get down to Florida sometimes, too. So, again, Mike, thank you so much, and I really appreciate okay. it. Have a good rest of your week. Okay. Thanks, Taylor. Good. Th- appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks so much for uh, both Mike Burnup and his coach Saturday because they uh, it, it gives us just such a fun look. This kid, insane. Like I, I can't even imagine being able to play all of those positions. This, the, he he played quarterback. He played running back. He played cornerback. He played he punt returned. He punted. Um, he a guard at one point when he was younger. It's absolutely insane, and that just shows the athleticism of Greg Stroman Jr. And I I'm really excited. I know. That there, there's uh, some healthy guys coming back soon, uh, as in Kyler Gordon and Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson, we've talked about a lot. I love Jalen. Um, contract talks are here, obviously. He's one of the ones that have been talked about potentially being traded um, in this season. And if that's the case, it's probably the most comfortable I've been um, for it to happen since Jalen's been here just because uh, we have seen some guys like Terrell Smith uh, really step up. Greg Stroman's been able to make some big plays. So I there's some there's a little bit of a confidence level there that it wouldn't be 
a disaster because games that Jalen haven't been in, we've still been able to see some success, and that's with a lot of pieces missing in the secondary. So now some of these guys are coming back. Kyler Gordon is um, in the 21-day window to be able to come back. And uh, Eddie Jackson still waiting to hear a little bit more about him, but it, it's it's one of the situations where you do feel like there's depth there and you do feel comfortable. So if there's any time that it's going to happen and depending obviously what you get out of Jalen, that's conversations that will be had. But such a cool story, such an amazing athlete from everybody I've talked to. That's not only just Mike and his high school coach, but when you look on Twitter, when you hear any any interviews you, that you read or watch that are on Greg Stroman are all talking about how great and smiley he is and happy and how he lights up the rooms and things like that. But then once the moment he steps on that football field, a light turns on and he's a competitor. And um, that's probably my favorite type of person, honestly. That's my favorite type of athlete, the true competitor, but the ones that are just like genuinely good, happy people too. They're so much fun. It reminds me of kind of like uh, Akeem Hicks. And the reason I loved Akeem Hicks was that's the vibe I got. That's the same with Tevin. Why Tevin, I say, is my favorite player. You just get that vibe that like he's so fun and goofy and like loving and appreciative and loves Chicago. But when he steps on that football field, like don't mess with Justin Fields. Don't get in his face. And we saw that last week, the moment Tevin was in the game, it was just a, a different world on that offensive line. So hopefully all of those things continue. Hopefully the, the the progress we've seen of this offense continues. But in addition to that, we have actually, for the first time this year, this last game, have seen some really positive things out of the defense as a whole. And so we're hoping that continues against the Vikings. Big game, honestly. And it's uh, I, it's kind of wild to say that considering the game, the Bears have only won one game, but so have the Vikings. And now this weekend, a win could put the Bears a game up on the Vikings. And that's just, it's important, um, especially if I know some of these, I don't know, some people are voting, I guess, to have the top, the one and two pick. I'm not voting that. Like if the Panthers want to give us that first overall pick, great. I want to win football games. I want to see this team start to progress and hit that 7-8 game range where I thought we were we would be. Um, and that's where I still think we can get. It's just going to games like this weekend have to be won. So anyways, thanks for listening. As usual, I uh, have already, I'm working on two other uh, making monsters uh, to kind of have ready in my pocket for big games. One guy who has been performing pretty well, Javon Dexter. I've been working on an episode for him. So if he has another big game, definitely one I want to put out into that world because his story is very, very interesting too. Um, DJ Moore, obviously, massive game last week. Another one I'm working on. So if we keep continuing to see that Justin and DJ, it's going to be hard not to do one on that. And I know everybody is wanting that DJ Moore episode. A lot of people probably know a decent amount about him, but maybe not quite um, all the way back to high school. So we'll get into that. Uh, Those are two that have definitely um, should be coming up in the upcoming weeks. Hopefully they keep proving me right, and I get to use them in in the best way possible when I'm highlighting these guys. So again, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Hopefully we're celebrating another win next week, and uh, I will talk to you later. I'm Taylor Dahl, and this is Making Monsters. (laughs) 